Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. appreciate Brother Aldridge. Amen. He's become a dear, dear friend, and I appreciate him taking the time to be with us tonight, and uh, praise the Lord for it. Amen. Let's hear from the man of God what God has given him. Preacher, you come and give us what the Lord has put on your heart. Amen. I'm so thankful for the good reports of meeting this week. We, we need revival, don't we? Yes, sir. And I'm glad, I'm glad to be among people tonight that still believe revival is a possibility. Sure. Amen. I, I don't like to run with those that feel as though, I believe if God was done with the church, we'd be out of here. Sure. Amen. I, I believe that. And I, and I don't believe that if God if God couldn't do great things, we, we would have to take a lot of our Bible out. But we serve a great God. He's not limited by time. He's not limited by, uh, he's not limited by what's going on in the world. Our God is bigger uh, than the crowd in Washington. Amen. Uh, our salvation is greater than in the crowd that's running the streets, tearing everything down. Right. We serve a great God, and He can still do great and mighty things. Amen. Uh, thank you again for the invitation. I love being around your pastor and Miss Tori. I, she's the reason I get to come. Uh, she's just disappointed that I wouldn't pastor Fendi tonight. We all know that, but I'm I'm sorry. I get that all the time, but it's all right. Amen. And uh, just so thankful. And I want to mention that. I'll get to our thought in just a moment. I love being around pastors. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't travel as much as, as my pastor does. The Lord's awful kind uh, to let me preach, and, and however he, he decides to use us, that's, that's his business. There's a lot of men in a lot of churches that their vision has died. And you have a rare jewel in your pastor and his sir. wife yes, sir. Yes, sir. that God's given you people that their fire hadn't gone out. Amen. And their burden had diminished. And they're not looking to get out. It's not that they don't have bad days. It's not that they don't have burdens. But they got a desire and a drive. And what I love about that, church, is you have the ability every week to breathe life into your pastor. There are a lot of churches that say, man, I wish I had a better pastor. Well, you know what? You can make your pastor a better pastor. Somebody help me right there. I'm not preaching along these lines. I'm just I'm trying to get these nerves to settle down a little bit. All right. But I'm telling you, you, and what a great, what a wonderful thing when a church has a vision and the pastor has a vision. Yeah. Man, just no telling what God's going to do at Beacon Baptist Church. Amen. You know this, your best days are ahead of you. You ever thought about that? Amen. What a great foundation and heritage that God's given you here. Amen. But I believe your greatest days are ahead. Amen. Amen. You know why? Because I serve a big God. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter number 17 tonight. I want to just give you uh, my heart this evening. God just continued this week driving this into my heart. And I want to try to give it to you tonight as the Lord allows us. So let me begin reading Matthew 17 and verse number 14. The Bible said, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic 
and sore vexed. You realize how hard it had to be for the daddy to just have to admit what was wrong with his son. And for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Right. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Do you notice that Christ didn't say to the disciples, He addressed that entire generation. Right. It's almost as if He was saying, well, the disciples weren't the only one that could see miracles. If you have faith, all of you could see a miracle. Sure. Then some sweet words in our Bible, bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and by fasting. Now I don't want to be the I don't want to be the guy to get in trouble here tonight and show up and, and you ask your pastor, why'd you bring that guy in to preach on fasting? Somebody say amen, or that's not a popular subject among our churches. But I get in this text, I, I want to note that the Lord is doing a couple of great, great things here in the Scripture. The first thing, and I, I want to try to dwell through this as we walk through our text, uh, He is uh, going to grow the faith of the disciples and those that are following Him. And we know this, that God is never satisfied where our faith is. God is always trying to grow our faith. He's trying to, uh, it's almost as if God is always doing this to us in our faith. Uh, he's always trying to get us to trust God for greater things in this day. Right. I, I was talking to Pastor recently, and he said this. He says this often, but he reminded me that he knew his purpose for uh, from now till the Lord comes back or takes him home, and that is to remind the church of the bigness of our God. Amen. And you know this that we're living in a world where things are trying to turn our attention from God and right. and attack God for who He is and. Uh, to, to try to get the believer to feel like we're some uh, some weak people that can't see anything done and that we serve a weak God. When the fact of it is, the great I am still is the great I am. And so he's trying to uh, work, grow their faith. And then we know from the text that there's going to be a miracle that God, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, is going to work and to, uh, to heal and cure the son that's mentioned in our text. Uh, notice with me, just getting our wheels turning, our thoughts tonight. Notice in our text that they, in verses 1 through 13, you've got this great account of the, the sermon, or excuse me, the Mount of Transfiguration. The disciples have spent time with Christ, and the Bible lets us know that it isn't long after they come down from this great experience that automatically they're met with a problem. Mm -hmm. 
Now you know this, it, it doesn't take long in life for problems to come up. Somebody say amen right there. As a matter of fact, when these disciples have just left the Mount of Transfiguration, they've seen all these great things. And so we know this, that many times after a great height in our spiritual life, it doesn't take long for problems to begin to show up. We've been in revival meeting, or you've been in meeting this week, and, and we've got meeting you know, throughout the rest of the weekend and looking forward to being in the house of God. But you know this, just because you've been on the mountaintop, it doesn't mean that problems aren't going to come on Friday or Saturday or Sunday or Monday. Yeah, sure. So it reminds us that problems are just a part of life. And as a matter of fact, when it comes to ministry, we know that uh, the that people uh, equal problems. It's, it's, just a, uh, it's just a part of life. There's not a person in here. You say, brother, I ain't got no problems. I need to sit down and let you talk to us. Somebody say amen right there. I mean, it, it, that's just the nature of it. But but I'm glad that even, you know, and there's, there's a preparatory uh, stage of this that God knows what's coming in my life next week. God knows uh, the battles I'm going to have. He knows the issues I'm going to deal with. And so God is saturating and preparing us so that when those problems do come, I make sure I get to God and get help from God Almighty. Amen. So here in our text, notice what the Bible said that this man comes and then the scripture is going to uh, detail what's going on with his son. I notice first of all that the son really is a hopeless case. Uh, the, the word of God uses the term lunatic. I hear that a lot in Greenville, probably not in Columbia, but we hear the word lunatic in Greenville a lot. The Bible uh, uses that term. That, that word means crazy. It means moonstruck. It, it means that when you're viewing that person, uh, that their actions are really unexplainable. I don't know why they're acting that way. How many of you tonight have a lost loved one or somebody you're burdened about and you look at their life and you say, that just doesn't make sense that they're living that way. It, it doesn't make sense for them to live the life that they're living. Can I remind you, were it not for the good grace of God, that's where we would be. I mean, isn't it amazing tonight that you're in church on a Thursday night, not because you have to be, but because you want to be. I say thank God for old time salvation uh, that comes in and changes hearts and changes lives. And uh, I don't know, uh, I thank God that God moved into our world, saved us by the good grace of God. And if it weren't for his goodness, I could be that lunatic. I could be out in the world. But thank God that he came by and saved us by his good grace. Amen. Amen. But here this man is, and as they watch him, and they're seeing the way that he lives, as a matter of fact, according to Mark's gospel, he's been in this way since he was a child. And then the Bible uses the term sore vexed. That word vexed simply means that he's in pain, he's in aggression that he cannot escape. The world makes everything out there sound so good, but the reason the devil has to paint up so good is because everything he gives won't amount to nothing. Right. Amen. The, the devil has to lie about it because the truth of it is it just produces more misery. It just produces more sorrow. It just produces more hate. But thank God for a new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said the thief cometh not for to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. But wait a minute now. He didn't just say I came to give you life. He said, I came to give you life more abundantly. Thank God he didn't just save us, but he salvaged us from sin and he 
salvaged us from ourselves, and he changed our life. Amen. Yes, so this man has a son that comes, and the problem is bigger than anything he can do about it. His son is hopeless. His son is harmful. The Bible said in verse number 15 that oft times he falleth into the fire and often into the water. Now consider this. This daddy is having to watch the self-destruction of his son. Right. Now think about this. There's somebody tonight, your, your mind, you're thinking about them. And it's not just what sin does, but we know that it's the harm it's doing to themselves. It's the harm to their body. It's the harm to their mind. And it's just a content. And here that daddy is who, who realizes if I turn my back on him, he's going to hurt himself. What a reminder of how the devil treats those that are trapped in sin. Right. That's what sin does. It's total self-destruction. And uh, there are many people that did things last night or they did things last weekend and they say, man, I'll never do that again. I, I'll never drink that again. I'll never smoke that again. I'll never go down there. And, and then the weekend comes around and it's just a merry-go-round of sin after sin after sin. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but thank God there's a man named Jesus that can step in and break the power of canceled sin. Oh, hallelujah for the day that Jesus came by and got me out of the mess I was in. And it broke the power of canceled sin. And now I've got a new life in the Lord Jesus. Christ. Then I thought about how sad this is of how helpless he is because really when you look at this, the daddy couldn't help his son. And then the Bible points out to us that the disciples couldn't help him. Now, it looks pretty bad, doesn't it? Sure. I wonder if there's anybody in here that would probably be where this man is, that you've got something in your life that just like it's helpless and seemingly hopeless, but can I remind you that God works in those seemingly hopeless situations. Yes, sir. I don't, I don't really know how to, but, but God is, is so wise that God will let it just get so bad or God let it get to a certain point where you realize I can't fix this, I can't help this, I can't change them, I can't meet this need. And buddy, when you realize what you can't do, you get to see what God Almighty can do and realize he is more than enough. Amen. Right, amen. So here he is. As a matter of fact, don't no, 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 stay with from I'm going somewhere. He even mentions and he says, this kind cometh not forth but by prayer and by fasting. He is telling them that if you are going to get something you've never got, you've got to do something you've never done. Right. That's right. Listen, church, you, you know this. There's no doubt. There's things you're praying about. There are people you're praying for. You've got a pastor with a burden and a vision and men that are backing him up. There's things you're believing God for. But you know this. It, it's beyond you, and you can't fix it, and you can't put it together. And, and, but, but I'm telling you, God many times is asking us, okay, I know what I can do, but I want to know what you're willing to do. Right. Amen. And sometimes the get what we've never got. We 
we've got to be willing to do something that we've never done. Yes, sir. What this says is I am invested in seeing God do something. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. You've been in church all week long and somebody probably on the job said, man, what you must be a, you must be a pretty mean person. You going back to church again? <laughs> right. Come on now. I mean, you, you, we're, we're going back because we, we know where the answer comes from. We know where our help comes from. We know who sustains us. We're not going back to church because we got it all figured out. We're going back to meet with God Almighty. We want more of God, and God wants more of us. And they're going to find out that there is a point where human cooperation can meet with divine intervention. And when they come together, then God will do great and mighty things. Yes, sir. Amen. What about this? Notice his healing in verse 17 and 18. I, I love this. Notice the wording. The wording of our text is this. Look at verse 17. And Jesus said, then answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? I mean, it looks bad. <laughs> but watch it now. Here's what the Lord says. Bring him hither to me. I like that. I mean, it, it looks bad. They couldn't help me. And then Jesus says, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of the sweetest words that we hear from our Lord is when he says, okay, bring it to me. Sure. Oh, I'm getting some help up here. Amen. I drove out here to get some help myself tonight. I'm just telling you, if this would have been Buddha, there'd have been no hope. If it had been Muhammad, there'd have been no hope. If it's been a dead God, but the great I am, the Alpha and Omega, of the first and the last, the one that owns it all, the one in full power, looks at that daddy and he says, okay, Bring him to me. Can I tell you this tonight? The same God that we read about, the same Jesus in your Bible, is the same one that looks at us with our burdens and our problems and our impossibilities. And he says, okay, bring him to me. I'll take the case. You might be done, but I'm not done. You might be hopeless, but thank God I've got hope to give. You might not have peace, but I've got peace to give. He is the title deed holder to peace and grace and mercy and God has exactly what we need. Right. And he, what it tells you, Daddy, ready? Bring it to me. You know what the invitation tonight is? Bring it to him. Sure. Amen. Amen. Now watch this. I want you to notice that when the Bible goes, when we walk through, the Daddy seemingly is the one that has the key yeah. to the miracle. That's right. Brother, the, the son never asked for it. I'm sure he wanted it. But you got to, here, here's a son that's not in his right mind. Sure. But he's got a daddy that's desperate for all. He's got a daddy that's desperate for God to do something. Amen. Notice this simple things that he does. First of all, in verse number 14, notice that the daddy knew who to come to. Right. Amen. <laughs> Look in your Bible now. And when they were come to the multitude, here, here this man is. Now there's a crowd gathered around. And there came to him a certain man. Not, he didn't come, this man didn't come to the disciples. Thank God for the disciples and the work and, and God's working in them. He didn't come to, no, no, no. When that man saw the Lord, 
His need, his burden drives him. Yeah. And he says, I'm no, I don't need to get to nobody but Jesus. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. Yeah, man. I don't know why you came. I don't know what it was. I realize we can add thought. And, and I realize the fame of Christ is spreading. And, and uh, maybe this daddy was like many of us. Well, if Jesus can do it for them, maybe he can do it for me. I'm glad he's not a respected person. Thank God he'll save your babies. He'll save your neighbor's babies. He'll, he'll, he'll put groceries in your cupboard. He'll put groceries in my cupboard. He'll answer the preacher's prayer. He'll answer your prayer. Young people, hear, hear you when you call. Mama and Popo, hear, hear you when you call. I'm mean, he's not a respected person. He's just looking for somebody that'll come to him. Amen. Now, as he comes to him, whatever it was, something incited him to get to Christ. And, and, and what I love about this, the first step to getting help, you ready? Is coming to him. Yes, sir. I know that ain't deep, but I'm telling you, you'd be amazed at how many people know they need help. There are some people that want to get some help, but you don't get no help till you get to Jesus. And can I just remind you, he is not known for turning people away. You walk through the Gospels, Jesus doesn't have a reputation for pushing people back. He's got a good reputation for saying, come unto me. Oh, ye, that labor heavy laden. I thank God there's an invitation that you and I can come to him. Hey, yes, Hebrew writer said it this way, Hebrews 4 and 15. He said, for we have a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Here's what that means. You can reach out and touch him. You can talk to him. You can pray to him. And he's just looking for somebody to get tired of self and tired of struggling and just get to Jesus tonight. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of, oh, and we, we do this. We tell everybody before we tell Jesus. Sure. You know how it is. If we're not careful, we can get to where we'll even, and I know we live in a social media day, and, yeah. and, and that's where we bear all of our secrets at. Somebody help me right there. I mean, before it gets posted, and before we tell the doctor, and before we tell somebody else, I'm glad that you and I can bow on our knees, and you and I can talk to him. If you're going to get your needs met, you got to get to his feet. If you're going to get the attention of heaven, you got to get to him. He has what you need tonight, amen. So I find he knew who to come to. Secondly, secondly, read this ain't deep, but watch it. He knew how to come to him. Sure. He didn't just come to Christ, but there's something specific about how he approached Christ. Look at your Bible. And the Bible said, and he came, and came to him a certain man kneeling down to him. Sure. Now let's get this now. There's people all around. And, and here this man, and, and when he comes to Christ, he does not come to Jesus telling the Lord what he owes him. Right. He, he does. As a matter of fact, he doesn't even say, well, now, you know, a few chapters back, you did this and you did this. So since you did that... I, I feel like you owe it to me to do it as well. That's not what he did. You, you're not going to go to God telling God what he owes you sure. because I know what God owes me. If I got what I deserve, I promise you wouldn't be in the Lord's house tonight. Amen. Amen. Okay? Amen. When, when, when this man goes to Christ, he doesn't even come demanding 
Isn't it amazing if you if you'll catch yourself and you just need a good laugh, you just flip over to TBN or whatever it is, you know. And you can you can find all kind of stuff. These people they 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 telling God, God, this is what you I don't know about y'all, but I, I I'm not interested in, in, in heaven going silent on me. Amen. Amen. And and not only not only that, but I thought about it when he comes to God, he doesn't even come to Jesus as somebody boasting of their pedigree. Sure. And if we're not careful, sometimes when we approach him, we'll go to him as if God owes us something or we'll begin to give him our resume. Lord, I've been doing this for so long and I've been preaching for so long or I've been faithful for so long and going back to feeling like, but, but when this man comes to him, he doesn't come to him as somebody who demands something to Jesus. He comes to him as somebody that's a little bit more like a beggar to a king. Sure. He comes to him as somebody, as a servant before his master. Yes, sir. He comes to Christ as a little child talking to his father. When he comes to him, can you imagine when this man comes and kneeling down to him, I can imagine others saying, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't embarrass myself. I, I wouldn't act that way. But here's a man who said, I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what people say about me. I've got a boy that needs some help, and I'm crying to the Father. I'm asking God to look my way. It doesn't matter what people think. You just get to Jesus tonight Amen. and you can get some help. Yes, sir. Amen. I thought about this. Not only did he, did he come to him and he knew how to approach him, but then look at verse 15. He, not only that, but he, he, knew, he knew what to ask for. Um, I looked around and look at these little ones in that. Wasn't that blessing to see youngins in the house of God? Amen. What a blessing that is. I know sometimes they want to make you pull your hair out, praise the Lord, but you haven't pulled it all out. you got a few sprigs left. Somebody say amen right there. <laughs> they, they, they know how I, I, keep some, I keep some chocolate in my, in my, in my uh, desk at the church. Somebody say, what's that for? Well, sometimes you just need a chocolate break. Can I get away? Ain't no deep theological point to that, okay? I'm just Sometimes you just need to, you just need to shove your mouth full of chocolate. <laughs> and uh, I, I was having a meet with somebody after service last night. And I was taking care of a few things and and uh, talking to a few people. Anyway, but but I was getting up there and I was, I was getting to my office. Little Autumn, little Autumn, she's she's five years old. And little Autumn knows about my little chocolate because I got it up there. And with everything going on. Autumn's following. I mean, I'm supposed to have a meeting. I'm supposed to be talking with you. But you know what I did? I stopped the meeting. I said, well, you just got to wait a minute. So Autumn could come into my office and with them big old eyes say, can I have some candy? <laughs> you know what I did? I, I said, no, I ain't got time for you. No, 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 no. You know what I did? I pulled the drawer out. I said, grab that Kleenex. I filled her up with some M&Ms. And, and, and as far as she's concerned, I'm better than Santa Claus. Somebody help me right there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the right word, it wasn't just him coming and, and, and he doesn't get a long, can I just say this tonight, he doesn't get a long prayer out. Sure. Sometimes you're going to pray and you're not going to be able to quote half the Bible in verses. That's wonderful. Right. That's wonderful. But sometimes you're going to come to him where this man is with your heart so heavy, all you can get out is have mercy. Yes. I, I thought about the theme, the word, the word mercy in the text. When he asks for mercy, the word mercy means divine compassion. It means to extend grace. 
To ask for mercy means that somebody knows that they really don't deserve mercy, but they just know that the person that has the ability can do it. Sure. Yeah. Amen. When I walk through the Word of God, I, I find in Matthew 9, verse number 27, there were two blind men that came to Jesus, and they didn't ask for their sight. You know what they asked for? They asked for mercy, and they got their sight. Right. In Matthew 15, in verse number 22, there's a Canaanitish woman who comes to Jesus asking for mercy for her daughter. And Jesus showed her mercy and touched her daughter. In Matthew 20 and verse number 30, there are two blind men that come to Christ and they cry out and ask the Lord for mercy. In Mark chapter 10, verse number 47, blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thou son of David, have what? Mercy on me. Amen. In Luke chapter 17, there are 10 lepers who uh, together in unity cry out. They've, been, they've dealt with this problem. They've dealt with the sickness. And in verse number 10, they, the lepers cry out for what? Mercy. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 4, the Bible reminds us, but God who is rich in mercy. The apostle Paul told us what he was before salvation. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 13, he said, but I obtained mercy. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse number 16, the Bible said, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy. mercy. <laughs> it's almost as if there is a word that gets the attention of our Lord. I don't need the attention of the White House. I don't need the attention of the State House. I don't need the attention of mankind. But I need to find out how to get on holy ground and get God's attention for my hopeless situation. And I thank God He can be touched. He can be called on. And God will show, not because I deserve it, but God will show mercy. No wonder the psalmist David chose to say this, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Lamentation said it this way, talking about mercies, they're what they are new every morning. Somebody help me now. You think about how good God's been to you. You think about where you ought to be. You think about how many times God has met your need. How many times God's answered prayers. How many times God's got you out of a hospital bed. It wasn't because you deserved it. It wasn't because you had the ability. But you found out that in spite of us, God is merciful in our lives. Amen. Anybody had to ask for mercy lately? I know I sure have. I sure do love Brother Josh. I love you, Pastor. I love his friendship. I love his spirit. Brother Josh were to come to our place tonight, if he were to show up in Greenville, and he show up and say, Brother Aldridge, I, uh, I need some help. I, we need some help, and I, we ain't really got this and that. If he were to show up at my house or that tonight, I'm going to say now, Weezy, come on, get up, baby. And she'd go in there. That's, that's my wife. Her, her middle name's Louise. She, didn't have, well, she did have asthma, and I guess that's a mean joke that I call her Weezy. But I, I, it's because of the Jeffersons, okay? I grew up in a different generation. Anyway. And, and so I'd say, Weezy, honey, Brother Josh is here. Honey, do we, do we, do we have any... Do we have any groceries since we go in there and we get, we get the grocery bags out? We go to our cupboards and we'd, we'd fill them bags up. And I'd, and I'd hug on Brother Josh and I'd, honey, we got any money? And we Baptist preachers some. Anyway. And, uh, and I'd try to pull out a little piece of money and I'd try to get Brother Josh. 
I'd love on him. I'd hug his neck and pray for him. Send him on his way. That'd be on Monday. Tuesday rolls around. Brother Joshua's back up. Brother Aldridge, hey, to ask you this, but I, I need some help. Honey, she's going to know what she's going to do on day number two. She's going to reach back here and she's going to get that, that dusty can. <laughs> right? Come on now. Because we didn't send it what we had out. And so she's reaching back. She's, there's probably some old meat in the freezer, you know. And, and when it comes to, when I go to pull that wallet out, Brother Josh, I'm going to be honest with you, Brother, I, I can't really help you. I gave him a little bit. Comes back on Wednesday. Brother Josh, I'm sorry, buddy. My, my supplies ran out. Sure. Yeah. All I can do for you, I, I've, I've, I've reached my limit. But could I remind you that there's one that sits high and looks yeah, low, yeah. and his mercy ain't never yeah, ran sir. out. Amen. And I'm glad you can call on him. I'm glad your family can call on him. I'm glad your babies can call on him. Anybody had to ask God for mercy today? Anybody had to go to the throne and say, Lord, I ain't going to make it without you? And he says, hey, you're not bothering me. I want you to come get strength from me. I want you to come ask me about it. I want you to come get what you need. And thank God day after day, week after week, year after year. Thank God. As the calendar rolls by, you'll find that God's mercy is faithful. I say God's mercy, not because I deserve it, not because we've earned it, but God is a God that pleasures in showing us mercy. He came to him. He knew how to ask. He knew what to ask for. And then I want you to, I want you to notice something. I want you to look at this. and I, I, I want you to go with me I want you to look at it in, in the book of Mark. When you look at Mark's gospel, he asks, and, and God's going to show mercy. And I want to show just a few things, and I'll be done. I mean, it was hopeless. Daddy is holding the key. The, the fourth thing I notice about this is, and I, I notice his conversation. As he talks to the Lord, there's a two-way conversation taking place. I know this ain't deep. I, I know the kind of preaching you get week in and, and week out here at this church. But I want to just, I just want to echo what I know you've heard, that our, our prayer life, it ought to be a conversation That's right. where I'm talking to Him sure. and that I'm waiting on Him to talk to me. Sure. Amen. Amen. On the way down here, Seth and I, we, we, we talked. Uh, amazingly, you know, he, he didn't ask for anything. He didn't ask for nothing. You know, he's 18. He'll be 19 his birthday. He didn't ask for anything. We just, we just talked. We just talked about memories. We, talked, we laughed. We cut up a little bit. We talked about everything else. and we, we just talked. We just enjoyed fellowship. The Lord wants us to learn how to do that. Yes, sir. I don't just rush to him and give him my list of what I need because if that's all I do, that's not praying. Right. All I'm doing is asking. Right, right. And God, and he wants us to ask. But boy, he sure does want us to fellowship. Sure. As a matter of fact, God will do more for you in the fellowship than he will in the asking and the answering. Amen. Yes, Amen. Sir. Amen. Yes, sir. Sure he will. Look at the conversation, verse number 21. I want to just read through it and I'll be done. In verse number 21 of, of chapter number 9 of the book of Mark, he said, And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. He is telling the Lord... Now, the Lord knows. I know that. The Lord doesn't necessarily ask questions to get answers. He asks questions to do some teaching. 
Sure. Here he is, and what this man has just said something that many here would say, Lord, it's it's been a long battle. Mm -hmm. It's been a, it's been. I, I've been I've been carrying this for a long time. Mm -hmm. This man, I think, if you could interview him, would tell us that his entire life has been altered by what he's carrying. I, I wonder if anybody's carrying anything tonight, and your entire life has been altered by what you're carrying. Verse number 22, look at it. Oft times it had cast him into the fire, and the waters to destroy him, but if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. You know what that man just said? That man just said, Lord, I don't, I don't know how you'll do it. And I don't really know what you'll do, but I, I do know that you're the, you're the only. You're, you're, not, you're not the second option, the best. You're not plan B. I don't know what you're going to do, but I just know if it gets done, you're going to have to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to tell you, you may not be there tonight, but maybe just a little ways down the road, you're going to be there where you realize, Lord, if this gets done, God, you are going to have to do it. And could I just tell you this? When I look back over 2022, I can walk down the list. Lord, the only, way, the only reason it got done is because of what God did. Sure. Yes, sir. And the same God that did it last year is the same God that can do it again this year. Amen. Now watch it. Look at verse number 23, verse 24. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Now what he just did for him is what many of us need tonight. He opened the door of possibility. Right. The word possible means, now listen, I'm telling you that there, the power to do this is here. Jesus said, if you can believe, I'm just letting you know, there's power for this to be accomplished. Amen. Now let's tie that in verse 24 and I'm done. Watch it. And straightway the father of the child cried out, now look, he gets as honest as a man can get. Lord, I believe. Yeah. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Yeah. If pastor, if pastor may come and say completely different, that would be completely fine. But I think what he's telling us here is a common problem, preacher. I believe that God can do it for Brother Josh. I, I believe that God can do it for you. But where I struggle is, yeah. Lord, help my unbelief. I just don't know if you can do it for me. Are you listening? Yeah. This man just got honest. Lord, I, I believe you can do it. And where I'm struggling with, where I'm struggling, and he's so patient. <laughs> yes, sir, he is. Times I've questioned him, and times that I knew God could do it, and I knew the power is there, and I questioned could he do it, and I wondered could he do it for me, and yet what he does, he helps my unbelief. Amen. He comes to my side and reminds me, listen, I'm not one for one person and different for you. No, no, no. I can do it. I have done it, and I can do it for you. Yes, sir. Amen. Preacher, how do I get from where he's at there the same way this man did? Ask him. Sure. I know that ain't deep. But I'm telling you where we're living at is the devil tries to battle our mind and our heart to do everything but what this man did 
just to get good and honest mm -hmm. and ask him again. I don't know your heart. I don't know where you are tonight. But I wonder if there'd be anybody here tonight just need one more time to find your little place in the altar, bring that burden back to him, and ask the one who owns the title deed of mercy, Lord, will you have mercy on me? Let's stand together. Heads are bowed. Father, I sure do love you. Lord, I believe. I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, if I believe, I'll ask you again. I'm asking you because I know you're able. Help me now. Help me to love you. Help me now. Help your people tonight. Help your people tonight. In Jesus' wonderful name, I do pray. Amen, folks. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. <laughs>